the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. We have an interesting show today, and I'm glad you tuned in with us. I am your host, Adam Riojas, and today we are going to go through the book of uh, John, chapter 13, and the few last chapter, uh, verses of chapter 12. But we have a really amazing uh, guest with us today, and and I am happy you're here with us. His uh, name is David. Um, he is one of our elders at our church. He uh, leads uh, a Thursday night Bible study. He also re- leads a Friday night uh, prayer service, um, and he's also he also plays the bongos. What do you call those, David? This African drum called the djembe. The djembe. Uh, but today, um, I, I wanted to have him on the show because uh, we want to make sure that you're aware that our church is like a hospital and we want to be there for you. And he actually uh, oversees uh, CR and he's the overseer. We do have a leader, but David oversees it and he's basically training um, our leader right now to take that position. Uh, and we also have a woman's part of that that's led by Cleta Riojas. And they actually meet um, to uh, go over issues that some of the women may be having on a, on a one-to-one where all the women meet and then the men separate. But welcome to today's show uh, David, thank you for being here. Thank you for being this great leader, uh, for especially leading uh, this ministry, CR. So tell us a little bit about yourself today, David. Well, um, first, let, let me, so those that don't know what CR means, that means celebrate recovery. Um, I've been in the Lord since I was 16. I always seemed like I'd done something in the ministry. And being in this church at the cross has allowed me to add and participate and be a partnership with all the ministry here. My whole goal is to see people walking in the Lord, growing in the Lord, uh, ministering with the Lord. And because I know the time is short and we need to uh, build the church and uh, get it ready for his coming. So I'm doing all the work I can working, burning both sides of the candles to get, make sure we get the work done. Amen. Well, thank you for being here today. Um, I know you lead this incredible uh, ministry. I call it CR. I know it's Celebrate Recovery. Um, I know before we get into some more details, you were an elder for a couple of mega pastors. Um, Tell us a little bit about the first one and then the second one. Well, uh, Greg Laurie uh, used to have a small church before it got bigger, but it was big for that area uh, back in the uh, mid-80s. And... I got involved with the group there and, and became one of the elders there and uh, taught taught there with uh, small groups in a sense and minister and, and was very involved with, with that ministry until I moved to San Diego. And then I moved to Oregon and I lived there for nine years and went to the church called uh, Applegate Fellowship. And the one who runs that church is uh, Ben Corson with his father uh, now, um, John Corson, and I became an elder there, and I was there for six years, and uh, really involved with the children's ministry, with the uh, uh, also with um, home ministry, and uh, enjoyed it very much. As so, then came back here to San Diego and been involved with now with your your church. Uh, What's well, actually Jesus's church? I always say your church, the Lord's church, our church. <laughs> What's it called? It's called At the Cross. Awesome. Well, I, I, I am just elated that you're part of this church um, that no doubt 
Jesus shepherds, and he uses some of us to make sure that we are shepherding the rest of the flock. Now, tell me a little bit about what CR or Celebrate Recovery is all about. Celebrate Recovery is a, is a, it was created because they had the AA, which started biblically, then the government took over and made it secular. And then, then a branch broke out and said, let's start the same thing, but let's make sure have Christ center and biblical center and all the steps, which they are biblical center if you look at them. And so what it is, is, is almost, if you think of a uh, 12 step AA, it's like that, but Christ center and uh, everything is based on scripture. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, if you go to the first couple of steps, the first step is, uh, is denial. And we focus on that. You cannot deny that there's a problem, that man has a problem and it starts with us. And then the second step, it is, you know, uh, helplessness, understanding that we can't do it alone. We need something greater than ourselves. And as you go to the step, it's actually walking you towards Jesus until you start making a decision. And then, then from there is the growth where you're going to go. So each step is, is almost like uh, making a soldier out of someone that has, has uh, fallen and needs that structure to get themselves in line with, the, uh, with their walk. So let me ask you a question. Um, is Celebrate Recovery CR, is it just for people that have problems with alcohol and drugs? No. Uh, there's a, one I counseled for uh, about nine months. He was having a problem with anger. Uh, there's some there that have a problem with pornography. Some have a problem with uh, uh, maybe gambling. Uh, some have a problem with uh, relationship or closed in. There's anything that you feel that is holding you back from your full potential to grow, and you feel like it's a chain and it's, and it's keeping you uh, away from growing, it's, you need to come there. And, and, it's, and it's, there's different walks, different type of people that go there for to change, to, to become better, to overcome, even, like I said, gambling. So let me ask you a question. Um, say I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I know nothing about G- Jesus. Would I be able to come to this program? It's open to anyone, all and the thing about it is, is uh, the these steps are meant to to open your eyes to where you where you where you should be. And the only thing that's different is that when you find Christ in it, uh, you start finding out that the title that they give uh, AA to Christ is the higher power. But once you get to and celebrate recovery, you finally get His name, which is Jesus Christ, uh, and that's when you start. You, you, we get to be introduced to, okay, you guys want to know who the higher power is? Here he is. He's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Here's another question. Do Christians that are walking with the Lord ever fall back, revert back into drugs and alcohol and marital problems and maybe even lying or stealing? Do they fall back into these? Are they invited to this program? The reason Jesus gave that parable of the prodigal son is to let you know that the father's always with his arms open wide in a sense that if any Christian has fallen back or felt that they got weak in something, this is for you. It's for anyone and everyone that feel, you know what, even if you feel, you know, I'm kind of dry. I need to, I need to get fire in it. When you come there, you start seeing that the people there are, are, are right where you're at. You, you feel like, you know what? If they could get out of this, I could too. So yes, it's for Christians, non-Christians, those that maybe have problems, those that are that are struggling, even small. And you know, you don't have to be uh, like like you. Maybe you could be working. You could have everything seem settled, but you still want that extra uh, uh, structure and 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 step sto- stepping stone to get to. Uh, that's what it's for you. It's for everyone. Amen. Listen, if you just tuned in, you're here with Freedom with Adam Riojas, and we are currently going over this amazing program, and it's uh, Overseer, uh, who I have today as a guest. His name is David. And again, thank you, David, and um, you're sharing some amazing things. Now, here's uh, something that I want to ask you, and it may be a little harsh for some of the listeners. Um, Say, um, hypothetically, 
a, a homosexual shows up, um, is he welcome to the program if if he gets to a point where he's done and, and wants wants help? You know, um, we always put titles on people on certain degrees, what's bad and what's good. To, to the Lord, all men are equal. He looks at everyone. We're all sinners. We all fall short. Uh, someone who lies is the same as someone who kills in the sense of sin. But the love of God is covers all of them. So someone homosexual came in there and said, David, you know, I need help. I, I'm walking out of that. I, I found out my eyes are open. This is wrong life. We want them there because we challenge them to embrace what God has made them to be. If it's a man, I, I tell them, you, we're going to work with you to embrace masculinity. If it's a woman, we want you to be the most beautiful woman that God's made you to be. So it is a place of, like you just mentioned at the beginning of this section, is that it's a hospital. We're all, we're all broken. We all need to be mended, to be healed, to be put back together. And uh, I am one that, that uh, daily I come before the Lord and say, Lord, what do I need to change? What do I need to grow? I have not arrived because we're still growing and God's still working with us. Until he shows up, we're still being made into his image. So every day we grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory, to his image and wanting to be more like our Savior and Lord. So if you are going through this and if you're saying, hey, you know what? I need something more than just sitting down in the church behind a pew. We're here to hold your hand and go step by step uh, on your growth and your pattern so you could uh, become strong. And we expect you also in your growth to help someone else. And you pull someone out, out of the gutter. You pull someone else out of the fire so they could be also uh, growing and you could be a tool that God could use as in the ministry. And we have those kind of people that they never thought they could do anything. And then once they went through the 12 steps and they go through all the things, we, we challenge them. It goes, now it's your turn. That's, you know, you, you help someone else. And that's this whole program's about. Hey Amen. That's, that's pretty awesome. You know, my wife um, is, is part of the, uh, the ministry and, and she is actually building somebody up right now, Bianca. Uh, Magania, who's going to eventually lead the women, and my wife is there to guide her, uh, but she likes you. She says, you know, you're either going to hate David or you're going to love him. And she says that because she says they'll love you because you tell them the truth. They'll hate you because you tell them the truth. And so I think it's a great place to be at where you're going to tell people the truth and people are seeking truth. You know, too many places um, that exist now and whether it's a church or whatever it is, whatever it may be, where you want to sugarcoat the truth. And, and I thank God you're not that person. You're going to keep it truthful. You're going to help someone get to where they need to get. Now, it's held where? It's held at the cross in uh, Oceanside. Uh, right north from 78 uh, Freeway. So what's the address there? Do you know it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2112. 2112. South El Camino Real. South El Camino Real. Oceanside 920 what? 920 four, four. Four? Four. Okay, I don't know the address. I know how to get there. <laughs> I, I, you know, sometimes we, we get so used to going to the pl- to places that we just don't know the address. We just go. Yes. And, and I'm going to be honest. The majority of people, when they go to church, don't even know the address, but they know where the church is at it, and they get True. there. You know, you, you mentioned something about um, how I tell the truth. What, people don't understand that when I'm up there sharing, I'm talking to myself. I'm saying to myself, David, don't compromise. David, stay focused. David, stay plugged in. David, I'm talking to myself. And because I could do that, uh, I, I speak the truth because, you know, uh, it's always, we all have to be plugged in. We all have to be consistent. We all have to be abiding and, and, and enduring to the end and looking to Jesus. When I say these things over the pulpit, it's not because I'm thinking they lack that. I'm saying, reminding myself, I got to continue reminding myself that I got to continue being plugged in. Amen. You know, it reminds me of when I'm on uh, behind the pulpit and some of the things that I speak about, you know, people are uncomfortable with, with, with abortion. And we just, 
you know, our, our state just supposedly, you know, passed uh, Proposition 1, which allows abortion up to the minute the baby's about to come out. And that'll eventually go further if, if the people don't speak up. But I, I have had people say, hey, we don't need to talk about that in church. You know, that's not the right thing to talk about behind the pulpit. And, and I'm with you. I want to speak truth. I want to tell people that it's important that that man was creating an image of God, that we were wonderfully and intricately created in, in the womb of our mother, which is supposed to be a safe place where people, children or babies actually feel the presence of God. And, and that's according to Luke chapter one. So I like that you keep it real. And I believe that the only way to heal is to hear the truth. So what's a famous verse that speaks about truth in the Bible? You should know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Amen. You know, and you said about abortion, but it's the same thing that God does not like to see anyone in the grasp of Satan chained up. He wants them to send them free and give them the truth that there is a way to be free from alcohol, from drugs, from pornography, from anger, from uh, depression, from you know anxiety. What the world tried to give this. You know, God has a way. God is the way. God is the truth. He has the power by the power of the Spirit of God to change a man and change a woman to become what they really were meant to be. Amen. You know what's really powerful? The Bible says uh, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What does that mean? And I think it's an April's, April's verse in the Bible. Uh, share with uh, the the people that are listening now, what that verse means. The scripture he mentioned was, old things are passed away, behold, things become new. But there's another scripture that backs up that scripture to instruct you. Leaving the things behind and going forward unto growth, meaning going forward to see Jesus. So you got to leave it behind. It is behind it's, you're not that person no more. God has made you a, a, a woman and a man you could, to be boldly to walk into the holies of God as a son and daughter because of the work he's done on the cross. So he, he doesn't see that the saint tried to remind you who you were and God saying, no, this is who you are. And so that's where I look at it is where we try to, and celebrate recovery, show them what Christ, how Christ looked at that person, how Christ is expecting them to, to be. That's where it says you go boldly bef- uh, to the throne of God because of the cross. Amen. So we have like maybe about 40 seconds. Yes. I love you. Thank you for being here today. Can you give us one word of encouragement? And I want you to hang out to close us out in prayer at the end of the show. Yes, uh, it is good to know that it uh, doesn't matter how old, how smart, how young, how rich, how poor you are. We all, God's, God is willing to give us his mercy, his grace, and his arms are open to all of us. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Please hang out. We love you. Thank you for bless being you. in the show today. God Amen. bless you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just had an incredible, incredible interview with David, who uh, is the overseer of Celebrate Recover. Uh, And 
this program is actually offered to anybody and everybody who's going through something difficult. And we invite you to come. Um, it's at, at the Cross Church in Oceanside. And it's every Monday uh, from 7 till about 8.30. And you're welcome to come. 2112 El Camino Real. The phone number there is 760-500-4246. Please come. We are welcome you to come. And as we begin the second and latter part of the show, we are going to finish the last part of John chapter uh, 12, and we pick it up in verse 37, then we're going to go through all of 13 today. Thank you for listening as we dive into God's Word. And listen, I want you to, to know that every time you hear God's Word, you can expect God to do the miraculous in, in your heart and in the physical, and always be expectant to see God do the incredible and to speak to you personally. As we pick it up in John twelve thirty seven, it says this, but though he had done so many miracles, Jesus, remember he had just healed this person. He had just blessed him and, and gave sight back. And now we see that he had done so many miracles, as verse says, yet they believed not in him. And it's interesting when we look at that verse because the miracle doesn't transform you. It's Jesus who does. You can see a million miracles, but if you don't open your heart to the miracle maker instead of the miracle, we lose sight of everything. And many did not believe. And as we continue, verse 38 says this, that's, saying of Elijah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This is in Isaiah chapter 53, and John is requoting it because our hearts were hard. Verse 39 says this, says this, therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah says again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart. Now, he blinds their eyes and hardens their hearts when they continue to be in unbelief, just like Pharaoh. But at any point, you have that opportunity to say, Jesus, God, I want to be able to see. I want my heart to be open. But if you continue in that, your heart will continue to be hardened and your eyes will continue to be blinded that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and that I should heal them. This is Jesus. Now, this next verse is powerful. These things said Isaiah when he saw the saw his glory and spoke of him. When did Isaiah see Jesus? When did Isaiah see his glory? Remember Isaiah was 700 years before Jesus is now speaking. When did he see him? And, and let me tell you when. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord Jesus sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train filled the temple. That word, Lord, is amazing. That word tells us that he is God. Adonai, that he is God. Above it stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With twine he covered his face, with twine he covered his feet, and with twine he did fly. The angels are surrounding the Lord, God. Then one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. That word Lord is Jehovah, and it's referring to Jesus. Remember, in the New Testament, it tells us that Isaiah saw Jesus, his Glory, the whole earth is full of his glory. And that's when Isaiah saw the glory of Jesus. What a powerful encounter Isaiah had. And John repeats it again in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 41. Remember, John's whole purpose of writing John was to make sure that you knew whom Jesus was, God. Verse 42 says this, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him, but because the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Listen, 
there were actually some of these Pharisees, some of these religious leaders that believed in him and other folks, but they didn't confess him because they didn't want to get kicked out of their synagogues where they thought that the presence of God existed. They had forgotten that the presence of God is not in temples, not in buildings, but his presence is everywhere. For they love the praise of more uh, of for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. That's what twelve forty three says. They loved being exalted by men more than they liked being exalted by God. They wanted to be seen of men more than they wanted to be seen of God. Is that you? Are you a religious leader? Are you a pastor that wants an adulation from your congregation? Are you an elder, a deacon that is seeking that? We need to have a serious heart check. We need to re-examine our faith because we should be wanting the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me just like he said in John 30, John 10 30, I and the father are one. That's who Jesus is. Him and the father are one. And that's what he's saying. If, if you believe on the father, if you believe on God, believe also on me. He that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. You see Jesus, you see the father. He's the perfect representation of him. You can read that in Hebrews chapter 1. You can also see that in Colossians chapter 1. I am come a light unto the world that that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Jesus came to save you and me. He came onto his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them he gave the authority, the power to be saved, the power to have a relationship with Jesus. Of course he came to fulfill what he had told the Jewish people, but after their rejection, it is made clear that he came to save you and I. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath not hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the father which sent me. He gave a commandment what I should say and what I should speak. And now I know that his commandment is life everlasting. As the father said unto me, so I speak. So Jesus is speaking. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas as we're traveling, as we're journeying through the book of John. And now we pick it up in chapter 13, verse one. It says this. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come and that he should depart out of this world unto the father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto them. Now he's sitting, sitting down, sitting down with his disciples there at the last supper. Now the supper being ended, they had just finished their supper. The devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him. At this point, Satan completely possessed Judas and Judas already had it in his heart to betray the one whom he had followed for three, three and a half years, the one whom he had served, the the one whom he saw perform hundreds, if not thousands of miracles. The Bible says if it was all written down, and John tells us that there would be not enough books to tell us what Jesus did. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hand and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from supper, laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. This is amazing. Jesus is now becoming servant of even his disciples 
whom he taught for these last three, three and a half years. And after he poured water into a basin, he began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel. Therewith he was girded. Now, listen, they didn't have shoes back then like we have. They didn't have Converse. They didn't have Adidas. They didn't have any type of boots and shoes like we have. They had sandals. And it was customary when a traveler or someone went to someone's house that the servant or the person directly who was the owner of the house would wash the person's feet because they would be dirty. Then cometh he to Simon Peter and Peter said unto him, Lord, has thou washed my feet? He goes, are you washing my feet, Lord? Are you humbling yourself? Are you making yourself my servant? Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shall know hereafter. Here, I am leaving you example. You will get a full knowledge, a full understanding of what I am doing to you. Peter said unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. If I don't wash your feet, you have nothing to do with me. I am giving you an example of how you need to humble yourself, uh, how you need to be a servant of all. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Wash me completely. Jesus said to him, he that is washed needeth not except to wash his feet. Look, you're clean already, Peter. And, and if you believe you're clean, he goes, you just need to follow this example that I'm doing. But it's clean every whit, all your whole, and you are clean, but not all of you. He's letting them that not all of them are clean. Now, there are churches who continue to practice these rituals that Jesus showed them. And they'll have foot washings in church. And there's nothing wrong with that. But here specifically, Jesus is showing them an example of how they needed to serve each other, how they needed to take care of each other. If you wash someone else's feet, it's not a sin. If you wash others' feet, it's not bad. But if you want to get down into what this is saying, there's no doubt that he was showing them humility and that they needed to serve one another. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore, see, he, therefore said he, Jesus said, you are not all clean. He knew that someone wasn't completely clean from the head to their toes. Now, what's interesting about this is he washed Judas's feet, the one who was going to betray him. He also watched Peter's feet and he said, you're still clean. The one that was going to deny him three times. Wow. That's the Jesus that I serve. The Jesus that forgives, the Jesus that knows everything, the Jesus that created the universe as it begins in this book in the beginning, in the beginning, in time was the word and the word was with God, always existed, not present, but always existed and was with God and was God and the word became flesh. Colossians says he's the creator. And after he had washed your feet and had taken his garments, was sat down again. He said unto him, now ye know ye what I have done to you. Do you know what I've just done to you? You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Yes, I am your master. Yes, I am your Lord. You know that. If then your Lord and master have washed your feet, has humbled himself, has served you, you also wash. You need to wash one another's feet. You also need to serve one another. You also need to humble yourselves amongst yourselves. No one is above the other. It's a, a mega pastor isn't more than a, a pastor that leads a small church or a small church isn't more a pastor isn't more than a mega pastor. We are on equal ground when it comes to Jesus. These are just titles that God has given us for. I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Be that example be that servant. See each other on equal ground. Verse 16 of John 13 says this, Barely, barely, I say unto you, the servants is not greater than the Lord, 
Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Humble. He's being humble. I'm not greater than my father, and you're not greater than your Lord. It's this act of humbleness, this act of serving one another. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth breath with me had lifted up his heel against me. He had just washed this betrayer's feet. Jesus loved him until the end. Knowing that this guy was going to betray him, that Judas was going to betray him. Yet he loved him because he was a man. He understood that he came here to save all men. He wishes none to perish, but that all should come to repentance. I am sure that God did not want Judas to repent. I am sure that when he was speaking to him, he, he was hoping that, that there was a possibility, but he knows all things. Now I tell you that before it come, that when it has come to pass, you may believe that I am he, that I am the Messiah, that I am here to speak truth to you. Barely, barely, or truly, truly, he's confirming what he's saying. I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. You know what that means? That means if if you're approached by someone on the street and they're speaking truth, they're giving you the word, they're receiving Jesus. They're receiving his word. If they're speaking truth, that's what he's saying. If you receive me, you receive him that sent me. You're receiving the Father. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Truly, truly, or verily, barely, again, making sure you understood, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. One of you is going to betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spoke. Now, there was one leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Now, Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. So Peter is is telling John, John, ask him who it is. Now, in Mark 26, 21 to 22, we see a more clear picture because they went around the room and they're all asking him, Mark 26, and and if you have a Bible, and if not, I'm going to read it to you because I want you and I to be on the same page to understand what this is all about. Matthew 26, 21, and 22 says this. Now, let me start at 20. Now, when the 11 was come, he sat down with the 12. And as they did eat, he said, Barely I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Every one of them is, as soon as he said that, Lord, is it I? Every single one of them. And he answered and said, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. I believe it was between that and this verse that I just read when John leaned on his bosom and say, tell us who it is. And and this is what Jesus says. He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The son of man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto the man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It hath been good for that man if it if he had not been born. Now, here's the kicker to that. Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said, Unto whom thou hast said. He said, You have said it. And I'm sure Judas understood at that point. He says, Yes, it's you, Judas. It's you who are going to betray me. And as we go back to John chapter 13, uh, and before we turn to John, John, John chapter 13, if you just tuned in with us, this is freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John and we're seeing when they're all at the table and they had just eaten supper and Jesus had just washed their feet and now they're all asking him, is it all, is it all? Even the betrayer, knowing that he was going to betray him, asks him, is it I? In verse 26, 
of John chapter 13, it says, Jesus answered, it is to whom I shall give a sop or bread when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the bread or the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And look what it says. And after that sop, Satan entered into him. He, Satan had been tossing him up like a salad. Satan had been stirring him and, and, and the reason Satan did it, because he knew he was a willing vessel. Don't make yourself a willing vessel to Satan. Then said Jesus unto him, what thou doest, do it quickly. Go, Judas, go do what you're supposed to do. Now, no man at the table knew for what intent he spoke this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag. Now, they didn't understand what Jesus had just said to him. Go do what you're supposed to do. Because he was the treasurer. He was a thief all along. He was stealing from the get-go. Never established this relationship. Jesus, though Jesus loved him until the end. See, the end is when you've said no more. And if you die between that point and not repent it, you will not be in a place that you're going to lie. It's called hell. It's a place of torment. And, and as we continue in verse 29, that Jesus had said unto him, buy these things that we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. They didn't know what was going on. Judas did. He then having received the sop or the bread, went immediately out and it was night. Now, can you imagine he had, in his heart, decided to betray Jesus. He was done. He knew he was going to be crucified and he wanted nothing to do with someone who's about to die. Somehow he didn't get that he was going to resurrect. None of the disciples did, but he was done. And he left. He must have been tormented at his leaving. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, in Jesus, in him myself, God also should glorify him in himself. All glory to God. You know that the Bible says in Isaiah that it pleased the father to see the son bruised. You know why he said that? Because the sin of the world, your sin, my sin was upon him. And if, and if you've never given it to Jesus, today is the moment you can say, Jesus, forgive me. I, I need a new life. I need a transformation, God. I, I need help, God. I can't do this on my own, Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Ask Jesus into your heart. Believe that he's God and your Lord, and he changes you immediately and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. And so now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Now, it isn't that they had a commandment before to love one another, but what Jesus was doing is, now you see my example of true love, of selfless love. This is what I'm asking you to do. I have loved you and you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What a commandment. The commandment is for you and I to love each other. The commandment is, is to look at ourselves, to do an examination. And if something is not functioning and going right, we need to re-examine our relationship with God and say, God, forgive me. I want to love how Jesus loved. I want to love how you want me to love. Verse 36, as we wind down, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither, thou, whither goest thou? Where are you going, Jesus? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou cannot, you can't follow me now, but thou shall follow me afterwards. You're going to go to the place that I will be in. He's 
promising that you will be where I am at. You can't go now. You're not going to die right now. You're going to live. You're going to tell everyone about me. And it's going to happen. Peter said, Lord, why can I follow you now? I will lay my life down for your sake. Did you just hear what Peter said? I'll die for you. I will lay down my life for you. See, we we are all going to have a moment like this. I'll do anything for you, Jesus. I won't sin, God. I, I will do everything you want, God. We're all going to be faced with this reality if we're going to continue to follow him. And I know that that all those thoughts brew within all of us, that, that we all fall short of his glory. But you can be like Peter. You can repent. You can make it right. Jesus answered him, will you really lay down your life for my sake? Barely, barely, or truly, truly, I am affirming this. I say unto thee, without a doubt, that the cock shall crow till thou hast denied me three times. Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Three times, Peter. We often look at Peter and say, how could he have done that? How how dare him say these words and then deny him? Again, we've all been there. We deny him in our actions, sometimes daily. But when we have an honest and true conversion where we say Jesus and we mean it with our whole heart, come into my heart. I believe you died for my sins. Something happens inside of us when we accept him as Lord and Savior. That that we can apply scripture. We can say, Jesus, I've blown it again. You know that the Bible says that if we confess our sins in John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. See, I believe that God is calling you today if you don't have a relationship with him. I believe that if you're in sin, God is calling you to repent. And I believe that there are no accidents today. I believe that God can. That all things are possible with God. I know We are in a tough place right now. Abortion has just passed to the day the baby is born, to the minute the baby is born. I I know that some of us may be not happy with the politics that are happening now. But, you know, we've been given a privilege to go vote in person. And I know that some of you are perhaps angry because the gas prices are so high. Some of you may not have showed up to vote. Don't care. Don't believe that it's biblical, but it's a God-given privilege. And today you have that opportunity to make things right. If you're angry, God can take your anger away. If you're hurting, God can take that hurt away from you. If you are in pain, God can heal you. God loves you. Jesus loves you wholeheartedly. And I, I want to be bold today. I, I'm going to invite you to come to our church. I, I, I want to say, listen, I want you at our church. I want you to fellowship with us. I want you to grow with us. We're not this super mega church. And, and, and some people don't like that, that people know everything about you, the accountability. We're not a church that judges you. We're a church that follows scripture. We're a church that believes that if you deny Jesus in your actions, that Jesus can forgive you just like he forgave Peter. 2112 El Camino Real in Oceanside, 92054. We're right off the Highway 78. You can call us 760-500 or 760-994-3534. Jesus is good. God is good, and he's good all the time. And if you want to go verse by verse with us, if you want to see what the Bible says, come join us. 
if you don't believe that God can do the miraculous, then come see us. God can heal you. Again, 760-994-3534. 2112 Al Camino Real, Oceanside, 92054. We want to hear from you. We want to know that God is doing something special in your life. We're not asking for your money. We're not about money. We're about getting the word out. We want you to know the truth because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. God came to die for all humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We love you. David, thank you for being here. We had an, an amazing uh, interview with you about the program Celebrate Recovery. If you will do us the honor to close us in prayer, that would be amazing. Yeah, I will. Thank you, Father, for this time. We thank you, Lord God, that you're faithful and just. Your promises are true. Your word does not come back void. It will plant into good ground. I pray, Lord God, that those that heard the message of Pastor Adam, that they will receive it, Lord God, that they will know there's hope, and they'll believe it, Lord God. Do the increase, Father. Open their hearts, Lord God. Show them compassion. Show them mercy. Show them grace, Lord God. And let them have comfort, Lord God, and encouragement, knowing that we serve a living and a loving God that's open to all. We thank you again for this time. We thank you again for your spirit and for the power of the word and for the time you give us that we could just put you first in all things. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being on this program, Freedom with Adam Riojas. We love you. And more than that, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.